everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Oh, hi, Nikki. How are hi. you? I'm so I, I'm actually, I'm pretty good. Good. It's a good Monday. We have a fantastic guest on the show, and that definitely levels up my day. Uh, it's not actively raining. It's pretty gray, but I'll tell you the most. I ordered a whole bunch of new cables. This is weird, right? I ordered new cables and wires and stuff and a new like wall charger for all the devices, and they get delivered today. And so it's like electronics Christmas. I know it sounds strange. <laughs> I, get, I get an incredible rise out of new electronics stuff. It could just be a cord, and I'm excited about it. I am going to reorganize things. That's what That's my awesome. afternoon is going to be. I'm very excited about that. So, so you're getting cords, and I yeah. just got my Hello Fresh meals to cook for a couple days this week, and that oh, made me really happy because I don't have is, to go to the grocery store. I don't have to think about a recipe. I can just put it all together, and it's done. Oh, that is lovely. Yes, lovely. So we, we both have great little, you know, pre-Christmas uh, gift gifts. things. Little yeah. gifts. Little, <laughs> little daytime gifts. We are going to talk all about, uh, you know, I feel like I've been waiting to order those cords for a long time, which is why it's on the brain, because I've been procrastinating. And we're going to talk all about procrastination and ADHD. Uh, and I can't wait to do that because, oh, I've been I've been fixating. Before we do that, however, head over to TakeControlADHD.com. You can get to know us a little bit better. You can subscribe. Listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list. We'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. Of course, you can find it everywhere the finer podcasts are served. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD. And if, if this show has ever touched you or helped you make a change in your life in any way with your ADHD, we invite you to consider supporting the show directly through Patreon at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting, and all contributions there go directly to growing the show uh, and uh, allowing us to spend more time doing it and doing all kinds of new features, like, for example, full transcripts, human-powered transcripts of every single episode, which you can find on the website at Take Control ADHD. For that and other stuff, we count on your support to make it happen. Patreon.com slash The ADHD Podcast to learn more. Thank you. Lynn Edris productivity and ADHD coach and co-host of the award-winning ADHD Support Talk podcast. Lynn specializes in helping professionals struggling to reach their potential due to challenges with disorganization, procrastination, poor time management, weak follow-through, and other things I've never heard of. She's all about helping people who have too much on their plates, and she's here to talk to us today about just one of those. Procrastination, Lynn Edris, welcome to the ADHD podcast. Thank you, guys. I'm, I'm excited okay. to be here. We're thrilled to have you. You, uh, you're. Uh, I, I am. I, I want to start before we dig into the procrastination stuff. Uh, I please would you tell the folks a little bit about your podcast for those who are looking for a new binge. Um, I, you know, I've been <laughs> listening to the ADHD support talk for um, for a little while. I regret to say uh, it is new to me. Um, for the last, I think I don't know, right around God, what month is it? It was right around when the <laughs> ironically when the pandemic hit. <laughs> Clearly, I wasn't looking for anything else to do. <laughs> Searching for new podcasts, right? That right. Sounds about right. <laughs> and and right. and I started anything. searching. I realized uh, y y you guys have been 
uh, the, the podcast itself has been around since 2008. You are a, 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 the, the grand dame of, uh, of ADHD podcasting. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. <laughs> and when did, you, when did you join the show full-time? It's, it's a couple of years now, right? I, I, to be honest with you, I can't remember. It was somewhere between, I always say, six months mm-hmm. and 10 years ago. I'm not sure, that somewhere right. in the middle there. Um, Tara McGillicuddy founded it, and she brought me in, oh gosh, it's been several years, um, to co-host with her. So we always have a lot of fun together and, um, you know, we kind of approach things similarly. So I was honored to be brought on to such a, a long running show and it's been a lot of fun and it's been a really great way to meet some of our colleagues that I've never met, you know, in, in sort of real life and in actual person. So it's Absolutely. been a lot of fun. Well, it's, it is great. Find it, everybody. ADHD support talk. Just search for it where podcasts are found. Uh, and, and the Google knows where it is too. Uh, and and <laughs> definitely jump in. I just, you know, whenever I uh, start doing my show prep for this show in the morning, I'll turn on a podcast as I'm kind of... And this morning, I kicked it off with your episode on ADHD and burnout, the most current episode uh, that showed up in my feed. I, I, ah, burnout and procrastination are are obviously (laughs) these like twisted siblings, right? They're so frustrating. And the big struggle for me is connected to my practice of rest to get back on track with time. How do you see those things, those factors working together against us with ADHD? Oh my gosh. It's all like a big pile of tangled spaghetti sometimes, right? But it's, I think right now for so many of us, you know, there are a lot of different ways that we rest, right? And and for some of us with ADHD, it's, you know, like the typical definition of rest, sleep, which has its very own Mm -hmm. challenges, of course. And then there's the kind of rest and recharge that you get from your interests outside of, you know, the things that you do that are, you know, all day long, whether it's taking care of your home or your business or, you know, work or whatever. And I think the thing right now that's happening for a lot of us, and I know I'm feeling it more now, I think as, as sort of in the midst of all of this insanity, we're heading into maybe a prolonged additional, um, sort of period of, of let's call it difficulty. A lot of those things that I did that I didn't even really identify as ways that I recharge are gone. Yeah. Right. Right. Just, um, you can't you know, do going it. Going out. Yeah. Right. Going out to eat, getting together with friends, you know, all of those sort of things that were regular parts of my life that were part of how I recharged and how I kind of rested and got myself back on top you of know, things so are funny. gone, which impacts, you know, it, it's coming mm-hmm. clear to me as you say this. That's, that is exactly it. Even when I would take my laptop and go down the street to my favorite coffee shop, insomnia and yes. sit there and work. That was a recharging effort. That was regenerating for me. And that's gone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think it's extra hard for us with ADHD because we need more stimulation, because we need more like Mm -hmm. variety, right? That's so important to us. And most of us are really having a difficult time finding ways to get that Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Absolutely. And anytime you're, you know, you're in a slump, let's call it. Well, anytime procrastination can be a problem, right? But it may be more problematic when you're not recharged. Yeah. I mean, I think just about anything can impact procrastination when it comes to ADHD, but it's a a big one. That makes total sense because, right, if you're already burnt out and it's going to just make it that much easier to avoid whatever it is that you need to do that you just don't want to do. Absolutely. It's a good point. 
I mm-hmm. I think it, yeah. you know your experience in working with you know professionals entrepreneurs. Uh, I I think we've got a lot of folks in our in our audience who are who fit that category, right? Who are mm-hmm. who are inspired individuals, and I think they would love to to hear your insights based on your experience working with these folks about how procrastination impacts those at work and and what the costs are ultimately. Why is it important that we take a step back and get our get our arms around this? Honestly, I've been at this for what going on 15 mm-hmm. years now. And um, over time, you know, we work with people from all over the world, all different walks of life, all different kinds of, of professions, all different, you know, all different sort of lives, backgrounds, whatever, and all different kinds of challenges as well. But the, I always think of like my, my top three reasons that people come to me for help. Number three, the probably number three most common thing I hear about when people come to me looking for help is overwhelm. Number two is procrastination. And sometimes we call it poor follow through, but it's all sort of tangled up in that not doing what you intend to do when you intend to do it stuff. But the number one most common complaint of everyone who comes to me for help, regardless of what they do, where they're from, how old they are, you know, all of the different, you know, varieties of people is feeling that they're not living up to their potential. So those feelings of unmet potential, not achieving what you know you're capable of consistently, because that consistency is key for us, right? Most of us have glimmers of, you know, of greatness, glimmers of, you know, being able to, to work in the way we know we're capable of, but we're not able to sustain it. And if you think about overwhelm and procrastination and unmet potential, I always say they're kind of like three sides to a triangle, right? If you're overwhelmed, you're probably not you know, following through on everything you intend to follow through. And if you're not following through on everything you intend to do or everything you need to do, there's no way you can live up to your potential. And I think in the bigger picture of our lives with ADHD, in the bigger picture of the the people that we work with, those feelings of unmet potential are, I think, the most painful. In the bigger picture of how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your life, your you know, it's it's really all about fulfillment. And when you know you're not showing up in the way you're capable of showing up, you know you're not showing up in a way that's consistent with your values and who you really intend to be, that disconnect is where so much of, I think, the, the big pain comes from. Mm-hmm. Something that I see a lot with my clients as well is... It, 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 we have to like look at what that potential is because I find that so many people have these really high, uh, unrealistic expectations of what they think they should be or should be doing. And they're comparing themselves either to other ADHDers or, or neurotypicals. And I'm curious what, um, how do you approach that when you can see that the potential they're looking at isn't isn't really realistic. Like it, it's well, as soon as you start yes. comparing yourself to somebody else, I mean that'll stop me in my tracks. Like oh, oh for sure, yeah, they oh, already did it and they did it absolutely. so much better and faster. I guess I better have more cereal, mm-hmm. right? And look at her pictures oh, on Instagram yeah. or look at his Facebook profile. Right at their his his life, her yeah. life is perfect. Right? I always say people don't put their chins on so their double chins. No, on because media, you make sure that the right? pictures are high. Like any picture, you always take the picture and then you duck face. I am so not a selfie girl. I hate having pictures of myself. I, I don't look at myself when I'm on video. But all my girlfriends are like, you know, put your chin up, Lynn. I'm like, that. first of all, I feel like I'm sitting, if you 
remember Olin Mills. Like I'm sitting with the <laughs> Olin Mills photographer, like a contorting my face and the angle. It was, it's no. just not natural. But but the, everyone else seems to. Can I just tell you, I have some friends who are the, the couples, and, and they whenever they take pictures, they they put their arms around each other and they will grab each other the back <laughs> of each other's neck and pull the skin tight. I'm not kidding. One, wow. it's bizarre. Those friends. Two, it works. <laughs> their pictures look great. Those <laughs> oh, that is crazy. I've never heard that before. <laughs> you cracked me up. All right. That, that was a, a major sidetrack. Please, uh, Lynn, t- tell us what you think. Yeah, right. Much, right? <laughs> it, the, I, what, what you're talking about, Nikki, it's that perfectionism, oh, yeah. right? And I think there's a big there's a big, you know, that all or nothing sort of that perfectionism piece of ADHD that I think doesn't get paid enough attention to as grammatically incorrect as that was, but it's something that we don't Mm -hmm. talk about enough. It's something that isn't addressed Mm -hmm. in the DSM, but it's a super prevalent characteristic, right? We all have this, most of us have, and it shows up differently. And sometimes it's, you know, I have a lot of clients who will say, oh, I'm not a perfectionist. How can I be a perfectionist? I'm a hot mess. Or, you know, I can't be such a mess or I can't be such a disaster or so disorganized and be a perfectionist. But for so many of us, it actually is that sort of perfectionism that is causing us not to be able to do the things that we want to do or, or the things that we're capable of. Um, I think that there's a big, that's a big thing you guys know we need to work yeah. on in coaching, right? I call that, that's part of like what I call the between right, the years right, right. piece. We've got to address that perfectionism so that you can start to shift to, you know, doing what you're capable of in the way you're Mm -hmm. capable of doing it, right? I am married. My poor husband's always the subject of my podcasts and my webinars and whatever. And I think he has no idea (laughs) the vast majority of the time, which is probably just as well. Um, But we've been married for 32 years um, and he is an engineer and he is like the least ADHD guy in the world. (laughs) He ends every day with a zero inbox. He ends every day with one piece of paper on his desk and that's his to-do list for tomorrow. Impressive. I mean, his shirts are all hung in the same direction, you know. All the white shirts are together. All the plot, you know. The it's just that's yeah. just how he's he was born, catch. right? <laughs> he, he is. But if you can imagine, that is absolutely the opposite of me, right? My I am very much like you know, kind of go with the flow, and I and I I do things by feel, and you know, he's getting the you know, he's doing the three, four, five measurement to make sure the sofa's perfectly square on the wall, and I'm going a little to the left, a little to the right. We just yeah. approach things differently. But I believe that I can be just as successful as I'm capable of being, but I don't, I'm not going to get there trying to do it his way. Right. So it's, it's fun. It's being good with who you are, being good with doing things your way, really getting in touch with what your strengths are, what your tendencies are. I think those things are the things that are the keys to your success or learning to lean on those and rely on those. And then, you know, I don't want to say the sky's the limit. We've all got limitations, right? But I think most of us know what we're capable of. Most of us know that we could be doing better, being better. And that that disconnect between how you're showing up and how you intend to show up, especially when it's fueled by things like procrastination, is where a lot of that pain is. So getting in touch with like, you know, what is it that you want? which sounds so obvious, but so many of our clients come to us and aren't real clear on what they want because they haven't really 
allowed themselves or given themselves the space and kind of the the time and the energy and the focus to think about that and to really believe that it's possible again. If, you know, again, assuming that at one point in their lives, usually at a much younger age, they realized what was possible. But we really have to learn to do it our way and be okay. I, with that. I like to think that I'm a perfectionist and I'm just not very good at it. Right. And 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 that's where kind of the, the pain exists, because I have the taste and the awareness to know what it looks like to do the job right. right. And I am unable to actually do that. And so I will I, I feel the the gap. So much of my experience with ADHD is in yes. attempting to close the gap through systems and processes and yes. all the other stuff. Yep. The, the thing that I am I'm bitten by constantly. We've talked about it on the show. It's been long enough that we need to bring it back because uh, everybody, I think, needs a reminder of this. I used to think I was alone, uh, and it's delightful that I am not. It is uh, what uh, the 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 procrastination that is procrastination by utility. And I found a new word for it this this morning or a new phrase for it. Last minute propulsion which I love. I love because it just some way it makes me think, oh, you're right. It does feel like I'm in a rocket without a seatbelt when that happens, right? It's that experience where I've been putting something off. It's become a big clogging task. I feel like I'm, I'm going to be letting people down. And finally, midnight, the night before it's due, it all turns on, right? And I have this rush of energy right. and this sort of adrenaline-fueled frenzy. And I get it done, but I suffer along the way. It usually involves weeks right. of stress and anxiety and panic and fear and all of those things. So I come yes. to you yes. and I say, how do you handle this? When when people come to you and say, oh, I do this and it's I do it on purpose. You know, I call that the crash and burn cycle, right? We We delay, avoid, delay, avoid for a very wide variety of reasons. And sort of before I... I'm going to take like a quick step back because I think one of the things that I like to dig out with my clients right out of the gate and one of the things that I teach on a regular basis is to really think about like what procrastination is. And that sounds sort of obvious because we live there so much. We think we know like generally what it is, right? But if you think about... um Oh gosh, years ago, 15 years ago, maybe more than that, I used to run a um, local ADHD support group and I was doing a talk on procrastination and I kept, I was like, I need to, I need some inspiration. I need to come up with some, another word besides saying procrastination 715 times, you know, in 45 minutes. So I got out my good old fashioned hardback Webster's dictionary and I looked up procrastination and the definition was something to the effect of, um, um, putting off intentionally doing something that needs to be done. And I have it, I have it, I've saved it because it's, I think that speaks volumes, putting out, You right? need to say it again. Intention putting off is part intentionally of the doing something that needs to be done. Intentionally doing something that needs to be done. Yeah. Right? So, um, or, or needs to be done or something like that. But it said putting off intentionally something that needs to be done. And the word intention really hit me there, right? Because most of the time when you have ADHD, you procrastinate, you have good intentions, right? And, and I think that it sounds like maybe an excuse, but I think it's an important distinction to make because there are times when we, when we intentionally procrastinate, like 
don't really care, don't really like, aren't concerned about the outcome, aren't concerned about any consequences. That's intentional procrastination. That's kind of the way that I frame it. When you have good intentions and you still put something off or delay something or avoid something or don't follow through on something, if it's not an intention issue, then it's the the solution needs to be different. Does that make sense? So I think of it like intentions as being connected to your values and that's sort of, sort of like a character, moral sort of a, a problem, right? I don't care about the outcome, so I'm just not going to do this thing, right? And sometimes that's what it looks like. But usually with ADHD, that's not the problem. It's not that we don't care. Maybe we care too much. Maybe we're tangled up in perfectionism. Maybe, you know, depending on what it is, sometimes poor follow through or procrastination is a, is a memory and systems problem. But when you address it, when you, I always say the solution needs to fit the problem. So when you address a, a, a maybe a strategy problem, like a, a memory problem, or you address a motivation and overwhelm problem with a moral solution, which is like a lecture, you know, here you go again, all that negative self-talk that we all do to ourselves, right? Here we are again. You always do this, all of that stuff. That solution doesn't solve the problem. And in fact, it usually makes it worse. So we get into this, I know I need to do this thing. I know I need to, to, you know, to get going, but I delay, avoid, delay, avoid, delay, avoid. And then, you know, it's the, the impending deadline, the impending crisis, the, the potential negative outcome that's going to come when you don't do that thing finally gives you the stimulation. It finally fires up that underactive part of your brain that is ADHD related, right? And it finally gives you kind of the zap or the boost with the cortisol and the adrenaline rush and all of that to finally be able to focus more easily. And it feels easier and it feels more clear. And that sort of cycle perpetuates over time because it it gets reinforced. Right. So delay, avoid, delay, avoid, big boost adrenaline rush at the last minute. All of a sudden we can focus on something that we couldn't do before. All of a sudden we can get ourselves moving on something that we couldn't get ourselves moving on before. We don't figure out another way to start moving before we hit that adrenaline rush. So it gets reinforced and we tell ourselves, I work best under pressure. We tell ourselves, you know, I need to wait for that motivation. I need to wait for that boost. And and that ends up creating this cycle that over time, it, you know, it, it, it gets harder to maintain. So when you're young, when you're in your, in your teens, when you're in your twenties, you know, depending on your life and life in the grand scheme of the demands on you and your responsibilities is relatively simple. That actually sort of works, right? But then as you get older, life gets more complex. Your responsibilities get more complex. You can't, it, the, what, what happens is that pattern becomes unsustainable. The things that you are responsible for, the people that were depending on you as you're recovering from that crazy mad rush at the end, all that stuff sort of falls by the wayside, gets neglected, creating another crisis down the road. And the sort of the cycle starts to perpetuate itself faster and faster and more frequently. And we don't recover as well when we get older because we don't have the space to do that. Some of that might be, I'm in my 50s, so my recovery is definitely not what it used to be when I was in my 20s, right? When I was in my 20s, 
you know, I might take it easy at class or blow off a, cu- a class or take it easy at work for a day and a few extra cups of coffee and I was yeah. ready right. to go This goes again. back to the costs now that I, come with procrastination and that yeah. changes over time. It, Our absolutely. sense memory, Big yeah. you're absolutely Big right. Time. I used to be able to go, you know, I, to, to work an incredible schedule and not feel it. And I am still nope. surprised today when I can't. Right. It's right. Like, I used to be able the, to do this. Why can't I do this anymore? That's what I hear. Like <laughs> that is right. so so true, Pete, because I'll hear that from clients too. Like I was able to do this. Okay, so let's let's look back at when you were able to do it. You were in your twenties, you didn't have kids, you didn't have a ha- you probably didn't have a mortgage, you were renting, you had roommates, right? I mean, there were all these things mm-hmm. that were different. And uh, but it's true that going back to the comparison, they're comparing themselves to themselves at this period of their life that just doesn't it does it's not the same. It's just different. Right. Yeah, it's not. And and as you get older, no matter what you do for a profession, your responsibilities get more complex as well. So they also mm-hmm. get a little bit harder. So it, it ends up being this cycle that we, you know, we have to learn how to get ourselves moving sooner. We have to learn how to address it. We have to learn how to notice it. You know, so much of what we do in coaching is mm-hmm. about awareness, you know, being aware of when you're procrastinating, being aware of when you're putting something off, what you're avoiding, having your system set up to support you so that, you know, this thing that you want to start moving forward, you know, is on your radar soon enough that it's not an, oh crap, that thing's right. tomorrow mm-hmm. or, you know, or at eight o'clock mm-hmm. this morning, <laughs> whatever, you know, so you've got a little bit of a warning shot and you can start to get yourself moving, but really learning how you work and learning that's part of how you work, right? I call, what did you call it, Pete? The intentional last delay, minute. procrastination, no. last minute propulsion, propulsion. propulsion. That's, I, I mean, that, that nails it because it, yeah. that's, that's exactly what it feels, what it feels like. like, right? And, and yeah. I, I feel, right. uh, you know, my experience of it is that, it, you know, when I I was in my 20s, I looked at this as part of the bouquet of superpowers that came with me being me, right? right. And that right. evolved into a story, and that story has evolved into a lie, right? And and that right. is, I, I am... Right. I'm blown away by that aspect of how the narrative has changed over my life because it it only has become a lie when my emotional physiological experience of late uh, last minute propulsion can't keep up with the story that I've been telling myself for so many years. I have to <laughs> I have to develop sy- coping systems to be able to to be able to live up to that, and and I can't. So I have to do something different, and that has meant a scaffolding of alarms and alerts and time blocking and things that that I never yes. had to worry about. I could keep it all in my head, even when it was nuts. I could keep it in my head, and and. Then I just, you know, because I had energy to do it and it now it it falls apart. Right, right, I'm too yeah. distracted. Yeah. I love that you said th- that about the lie, because that's one of the things that I, I talk about is it's I call it the mm-hmm. motivation myth, right? That you've got to feel it. You've got to feel you've got to feel motivated. You've got to feel enthusi- enthused. You've got to feel you've got to feel your way into stuff, if that makes sense. So we, that whole cycle that we create, you know, that boost of adrenaline that we get in the crisis, that boost of all those, you know, brain chemicals, the dopamine and everything that we need to really get us focused and get us moving, like boost that motivation. So then we feel like we need it. But the truth is, you know, we buy into that lie over time that we need the motivation because life feels easier when you're motivated. 
no matter what the motivator is, whether it's positive or it's negative, like you're going to get fired tomorrow if you don't turn that report in. That's all Mm -hmm. a motivator. Learning how to sort of break that motivation myth so that you can start to buy into something else, right? You don't need motivation to do stuff. We all do stuff all day long that we're not motivated to do. I've never in my life been motivated to cook a meal. <laughs> Me either. I've That's why I have HelloFresh. I mean, yeah, I'm right. cooking it. I am I cooking that, it, but right. I don't have to like do anything really other yeah, than just right. slice and yeah, stop yeah. and plan and figure yeah, all of that stuff. That's yeah. I've never been motivated intrinsically right. to yeah. clean my house. Right. When it gets to a point where either people are coming or it gets bad enough, then I get, then I feel the motivation. But I do that stuff all the time without the motivation. And that's the piece that is really important to remember that just because you don't feel like it doesn't mean you can't. That's the motivation myth. You know, really, I always talk about like getting yourself moving when you don't feel motivated, starting to chip away. Like, um, I always use metaphors like the, like a, um, a sculptor would do, right? He gets the big block of stone or she gets the big block of stone and they gradually chip away at it until it starts to take shape. If we can start to chip away at something, then that starts to kind of reinforce, you know, we start to see something take, take shape. We can start to, you know, get a little bit more motivated by the successes that we're creating and that, you know, sort of boost that we give ourselves. But we have to learn, you know, ways to do it that work for us. Because if you're buying into the motivation myth, I guarantee you the cost is far greater than you're realizing it is. That's a, there's a direct connection between that lie, between that myth and your inability to reach your potential consistently. I, I, I uh, so I'm, totally stuck in my own head just right now because I, as I'm talking about the way the story turns into a lie over time, one of the things I just said out loud was, even when it was crazy, I could keep everything in my head, which is actually part of the lie that I tell myself. I could never yeah. keep anything in my head. Yeah. Never, I've never been able to do that. I've always, from the from day one, I from my Franklin Covey, uh, Franklin Quest planners, like that, <laughs> I have been That's suffering right. with not being able to do this. And that narrative has become uh, a lie that I tell, that I, it's so easy to tell because of this like magnificent productivity myth that I can conjure in my head at any given moment, I, it's so fast, and that's it's just a non, an untruth. It, it, it's it is reflective. it's reflective, and it it is like being able. Yeah. I, I all of this is it goes to I think one of the the core muscles that we with ADHD have to constantly exercise, which is being able to be aware when we are telling a lie about ourselves yeah. or to ourselves in support of the myth, yes. and I. Yeah. Also need to do that. <laughs> he just got sitting in his office, right? Podcast host realizing, <laughs> oh god, oh, oh no, <laughs> I'm exhausted. But you caught it, right? It, those yeah. things come back. That you know, it's it's not like you don't you don't always have to believe. I always tell my clients, just because you believe something right. doesn't mean it's true, right? So it popped up in the moment and you were aware enough to catch it because you're aware that that's one I'm of those I'm sitting here thinking, I only just met Lynn Edris and I'm lying to her about myself. <laughs> what? But in that instance, right? That's how you remember it. In that instance. 
And I think some of that may be wishful thinking, right? I wish I could keep it all in my head. Although there's so yeah. much up there. I'm yeah, not sure right. where it would that's, fit. That's it. How I, oh, how I could I keep it, it all in I my could, head right? just fine. But the qualification is I'll never get it out. I will yeah. never, never get find it out. It again. Well, uh, and something right. I want to just add too. I was talking to a client last week and and we were talking about setting up their kind of their to-do list and their calendar and how they were going to get things done and, you know, the whole thing of how how this was all going to work and break hey. it down. Yeah, the, the whole system. system. And one of the things he asked me is he said, you know, am I, is it always going to be this hard? Do I always have to do this? And I'm like, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but yeah, you kind of do. And it does and it, and it's hard at the beginning because you're setting it up and you don't really trust it. I said it will right. get easier as you start using the system and you're you're getting used to it and you know how to tweak it and like we were saying before, you're making it your own. It's your system to to work for you. Um right. but I was saying, you know, are you always going to need it? Yes, because that's that's the reality. And I think that that's the hard part, the acceptance part that a lot of people struggle with is that they they don't want to have to do this, um, but it's the scaffolding, it's the structure that they need to have to work with their ADHD. And so I'm just curious, like when you're talking to your clients about that acceptance piece, how 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 do you do that with them? What what kinds of conversations do you have? It's yeah, huge. It's that, and that is huge. And especially when I used to work with younger people, and I have a son with ADHD who's he's 25 now. He's in grad school. He actually just got married, and wow. moved to Germany. So he's yeah, like he's on, on his own, not even on my cell phone oh, plan anymore, huge. which is like you know awesome. It is huge because it it you know obviously took a a lot to you know, get him to that point. But a lot of us don't want to need right. this stuff, right? We don't want to need to use the systems. And I think part of that's a lie too. We have this belief that other people don't need them. And that's one of the things that was amazing to me, marrying somebody like my husband, like he can keep all that crap in his head. And it absolutely amazes me. Like his, you know, my memories is crazy good sometimes, but it's completely unreliable. Yeah. Remember, you know, conversation from 30 years ago. I can remember the words to a song I didn't even like from 35 years ago, but I cannot remember why I walked into the room if I'm yeah, not really paying right. attention, right? It's totally unreliable. But we have this belief that other people don't need this stuff. And to see my husband lean so heavily and other people around me that don't have ADHD lean heavily on their tools reminds me that that's a lie that we're telling ourselves. But you are exactly right. I mean, we we need to... There, There's a, a word for it and I can't think what it is, but it's more than just accepting it. It's surrendering to it. When you can surrender to the fact that these things support you and the more you use them and the more you get them set up in a way where they work for you naturally, the more they've got your back, it gets to the point where it's so easy to use them that you wouldn't right, dream of yeah. not because the payback is so, yeah. it's so significant. Uh, yeah. well, and that's it takes a lot of shifting in Absolutely. the way you think about it. And I just want to say, there. somebody who does not have ADHD, I rely on my systems very heavily. Thank you to Pete Wright for introducing me that, to them, to <laughs> introducing them to me because I have things and I'm able to do my email in a way that, that, cause Pete is so 
he's a genius when it comes to technology. Um, but it's so true. And I just want to say that like, I can't keep everything in my head. And I can tell you there's been many times where I've missed appointments because I didn't put it on my calendar because I trust my calendar so much mm-hmm. that if I don't see it, I didn't mm-hmm. show up. If I didn't have it on my things list, if I didn't put it in there, I don't do it. Like, you know, and so I I just want to say, yes, as a person who doesn't have ADHD, I rely on them just as much. I have alarms. Now, not to take away from the fact that I know with ADHD, it is much harder and it's different. Um, Yes. But, but that's the lie, isn't it, Nikki? Yeah. Like that's that's part of the lie, which is that there is a there's a that's another gap because everybody uses systems and the degree to which your ADHD gets in the way of you remembering to use systems is the degree to which you're going to drop things, right? Yeah, like that right. that's the right. toned yeah. muscle. I think living without ADHD, you are less likely to just stop using the tool if it is working for you, right? You'll discover right. it's working, you'll inherit right. that pattern and it will it will become something that you're able to do. And yeah. with ADHD, that's why I know so many systems because I can't just have one. I got to have yeah. them all, right? right. Like, well, and then there's this degree of shame with yeah. ADHD too that I think is the difference, right? Because right. I may not feel bad if if like something doesn't work, like I had a, I, in fact, I showed it to our audience at the beginning of um, the year. I had this bullet journal that I found and the man shamed me because I was like, I need a, a 2020 planner. And it was like February. And he said, oh, they're almost all sold out. I'm like, mm. okay, fine. Nobody plans <laughs> in February, Nikki. It's not the planning time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they all do it you in December, apparently. It. Yeah. I guess, you missed yeah. it. Now it's over. Right. We're right, sensitive right. to it now. Um, but I remember right. showing the audience. I remember saying, you know, here, I got this. I'm going to try it. And and it didn't work. And I think that um, that is a little bit of the difference, too, is that I didn't feel shameful about that. I was able right. to just say, okay, it didn't work. I'm moving on to something else. Where I see a lot of my clients... And this is the the in between the head thing, right? That we're trying to work mm-hmm. on is right. that they put that shame that they did something wrong. They're not doing it right. Oh, here I go again. I, you know, didn't follow through. I, you know, and so trying to break that mindset too, that it's okay if it didn't work. You can throw it away without guilt and try something new and tweak that. And if that's, and if you get bored, Pete, you can try another one. There's yeah. no one oh, out there I, yeah. saying that you you can only have one planner, one way, <laughs> you know, for the rest, for the rest, of, the rest of, of your life. Yeah, 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 for sure. Right. Once you know what works for you and how you work, right? How you organize yeah. things naturally, how you process information, what your sort of idiosyncrasies and tendencies are, you can tweak just about anything right. to work for you. But you've, you know, once you kind of tune into that, you know, sort of the how you work piece, Mm -hmm. the strengths piece. But you talked about something that is really important and we can't talk about procrastination without talking about Mm -hmm. shame. Mm -hmm. We we can't, right? Because that's that's where most of us go automatically. The minute we find ourselves putting something off, we realize we're not doing something we intend to do or we know we need to do, we're delaying, whatever you want to call it, avoiding, we're stuck, we're overwhelmed, whatever. 
the first place most of our clients with ADHD go is blame and shame. Here we go again. Excuse my French, guys. Same shit, different day. You always do this. You always find yourself here. You'll never get it together. Whatever those sort of tapes are that are playing. And when you go there you are 180 degrees from where you need to be to find solutions, to find Mm -hmm. strategies, to find your way in. And that's why I always like to talk about that distinction between procrastination with intent to procrastinate and being stuck or not following through or avoiding Mm -hmm. for another reason. Because the solutions, again, have to fit the problem. So if you are in blame and shame and what I call self-flagellation, beating yourself up, you are 180 degrees from where you need to be to find strategies and find solutions to the problem. You cannot be in proactive problem-solving mode and be in blame and shame at the same time. It's impossible. So we have to learn to, to break that pattern and we have to learn to recognize it and shift out of it and, and start to change the way that we're thinking and sort of the tapes yeah. that we're playing, those, you know, sort of automatic thoughts that we have, those, those reflex sort of ways that we respond to ourselves. It's so mm-hmm. important. If you can't address what's going on between your ears, no amount of strategies, no amount of systems, no, no, any planner, any system, any, tool, any hack, any tip, any trick, any anything is going to work for the long haul if that voice Keeps, <laughs> between your ears, yeah. if you want to put it that way, is telling you you yeah. can't do it. It's always going to be right. It's always going to mm-hmm. win in the long haul. It's, it's a really important part of the work that we do that I think doesn't mm-hmm. get talked about mm-hmm. enough. It really is, it, you know, so much of it for so many of my clients isn't as much about the system or the strategy or the tool as where their head goes when it's not working perfectly right, right out yeah. of the that's, yeah. that's a, you know, just back to the late propulsion uh, bit. I think that that beca- is, um, I guess, inspirational for fear, right? When it comes to that midnight. Yeah. Uh, especially when you've been doing it this way all your life and suddenly it's midnight right. and it hasn't happened. You haven't gotten that burst of creativity. Yes. You have, and, and suddenly yes. you're terrified. You're just terrified. What if yes. it doesn't come? That mystery um, is is all right. part of that. That magic. that magic, yeah. And then there's shame because you, you didn't know. do it right. You didn't do it, quote, right the first time. You didn't start planning weeks ago. You were waiting for the creative inspiration, and now right. you're suffering through it. You're going to let people down. Um, that that story has become that's a huge. lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That That's huge. And that lie... Again, it's just a pattern that you've reinforced. It's just a way of thinking that you can change. It doesn't have to be that way forever, but it's, you know, it's not going to change itself either. You've got to learn to find a way to start making that, you know, a little bit of progress yeah. on something. I, that last minute propulsion thing, um, I call that purposeful procrastination. So when you can learn to work with it, you know, you're, I, I know that I'm going to mm-hmm. get that burst. But when I get that burst, isn't always predictable. It isn't always under my control, right? And that always goes back to that sort of dopamine disconnect with ADHD, right? We're people with ADHD are deficient in how we process the brain chemical dopamine. And dopamine is is responsible for feeling motivation. It's the neurochemical that is engaged when we reinforce behaviors or when we feel feelings of reward. So that's, you know, if you're unmotivated for something, that it's it's 
part, it's a big piece of that is your dopamine right. deficiency. But learning how to start to inch your way towards something and start to make some progress so you can start to build some momentum. Then if you're not done, when you get the burst, you know, the dopamine boost that you get the burst of motivation from the sort of impending deadline, it's not like all out crisis time. It's more intense. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when I will like, I'll, I'll let my perfectionism, you know, kind of step in a little bit. And that's when I'll, I would say, pretty <laughs> things up or, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of example. Uh, um, uh, gosh, I did a, um, a webinar last week for an event that was a topic that I hadn't done before. And it was, so it was like a starting from scratch kind of a PowerPoint mm -hmm. presentation, which just like, you know, I hear danger, yeah, right, danger, right. Runs and, you know, <laughs> bells and whistles. And, you know, you're going to get yourself in trouble with this one, right? So kind of inching my way along and then allowing that sort of last minute rush to be just final mm -hmm. touches is you know, that's an okay mm -hmm. way for me to work, right? I know I'm I'm going to have a really hard time having it like, you know, stamped final mm -hmm. two days before. That's not mm -hmm. my MO. But I also know that if I don't really make some good progress and have it all but done, then, you know, if that, if that sort of elusive moon and the mm -hmm. stars and the planets need to align feeling that you get, you know, when you you push it to the you know the eleventh hour doesn't arrive. I'm yeah. still in location. Like and and you right? haven't you haven't let the dopamine candy hit uh, reinforce the wrong muscle. Right. Right. That's the that's right. The, right. When that's it really works and your late propulsion is is working and flowering and you are a you're just a, a transcendental uh, cloud of inspiration and productivity, <laughs> then you are being fed by the wrong dopamine response because dopamine mm -hmm. don't care, right? right it's right. gonna feed whatever, no. and and that becomes an addiction right. uh, in and of itself, right? I'm I am addicted to this last right. late onset propulsion uh yeah that's that's hard Absolutely. be aware of that mm -hmm. what lies that's, are that's your real, chemicals really telling you oh everybody's <laughs> lying to me <laughs> i think there's a lot of i think this is actually a message of a lot of hope and and it, because awareness brings hope and and hopefully yes, some of of uh, this conversation has um inspired some hope for others lynn you're delightful seriously why is it why has it been Thank so long you. would you would you mm -hmm. plug something uh, where would you like people to go to learn more about what you and uh, you guys are doing Sure. Um, you can check out the ADHD Support Talk podcast on iTunes and all the other mm -hmm. podcast places. Um, there's We also have a website, ADHDSupportTalk.com and a Facebook community as well. If you enjoy the podcast and you want to connect, you can find the ADHD Support Talk community on Facebook. I do a lot of stuff like mm -hmm. most of us do, right? You can learn more about me, um, what I do on my website, it's www.coachingadvantages.com. All the links Thank will be you. in the show notes. Yes. So great. Thank you so yes. much for being Absolutely here. Great. Such a pleasure to, to hear you talk and share your wisdom. And we hope it's not the last. I hope so too. This is fun. It's been so nice to, to chat with you guys and hope, you know, your, your listeners and your viewers are find something here that's really helpful for them. If nothing else, you know, pay attention to the self-flagellation, pay attention to the blame and the shame when you find you're not doing what you intend to do. It's not helping you and anything you can do to break that and step into problem solving is, you know, is going to help tremendously. Love it. What a great way to end. Thank you so much. 
Thanks, guys. Thank you, everybody, for downloading and listening to this show. We so appreciate you. Thanks for your time and your attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute about this conversation, uh, we're heading over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server. We're always over there. Uh, You can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer and Lynn Edris, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you next time uh, right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast.